just good to see everybody and to have those online being able to watch um, and to be here this morning. We're sorry the projector went out. Uh, we tried to repair it last week, um, uh, obviously unsuccessfully, but we should have it fixed hopefully by next week. So to take care of that, I printed out some notes for you. Now you say, wait a minute, we were given notes already. Yeah, but they weren't enough notes. <laughs> and uh, so now I'm giving you more notes because we won't be able to have these scriptures up on top. And your faith is going to come this morning by hearing the word. And uh, they say if you hear it and see it uh, and, pay, and give attention to it and maybe make a few notes on your papers that uh, you will remember it more. I just believe that God has something for us today uh, that is uh, critical for us to understand especially in this hour of a pandemic. We've been going through the names of God, and today the name is Jehovah Rapha. And uh, that name, uh, anybody else need notes, just raise your hand if you don't have any yet, uh, and they'll get those to you. Um, <clears throat> what I did was I raced back and uh, redid the notes with all of the scriptures on it. And so I hope that you'll do some underlining and some little notes on the side and really I'm going to kind of do this in an unconventional way um, in terms of talking about healing but I'm hoping that what I do share uh, not only will have plenty of scripture to support it but uh, to, to build your faith and to strengthen your faith for this again we're in the middle of a pandemic right I mean people are getting sick and uh, all around us and it's not the first time and it won't be the last time and I just think that the people of God need to be protected by the great protector. Okay, He reigns over everything. He reigns over everything. Nothing happens outside of him. And when we begin to realize that and we begin to relate to him in that way and we relate to him intelligently, then I believe we will see the results that he has for us. So the name we're going to look at today is Jehovah Rapha. It's first mentioned in the book of Exodus. It's after the people get delivered from Egypt and they're going into the wilderness and they're about three days into it and they realize that they don't have any water in the desert. That's a problem. That's a problem. Especially three days later, that's a problem. It's a real problem. And so in the process, God makes a provision for them and Listen to what is being said to the people of God in uh, Exodus chapter 15. And there he made a statue and an ordinance for them, speaking of God, and there he tested them. Maybe you might want to underline the word tested. We mentioned last week that a test isn't to make you pass or fail. A test is to help you see where you're at so you can grow in that area. And, and so, and he tested them and he said, if you diligently heed to the voice of the Lord. I found that interesting myself because, you know, I've been talking about that quite a bit. I threw it in as often as possible. It's important that you're hearing God. And the prerequisite for what he's about to say is based on if you heed not just the written word, but the voice of God. God is always, he didn't give us this so we could have a little to-do list and then we could go on our way and live our own life. He did this so you could learn to know his voice and hear his voice and begin to follow him. 
Uh, otherwise, you become deceived. People become deceived that, that memorized more scriptures than probably I have. It's the truth. And, and, and so I need to listen to what he's saying here and here. Wow, wait a minute. If I heed the voice of the Lord my God to do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. Oh, this is great. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians for what? I am the Lord who heals. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals. Now, I find that interesting because how many have ever been sick in this room? Okay. I don't think God's word's wrong. But I think there's another issue, and, and it's not one that we step into a condemnation about, but maybe it's just to really understand so that I might press in further into what the Word of God says so that I can take a hold of all of it. Because remember, it's a will and a testament, and somebody already died that wrote it and gave his blood for that. So that will and testament is now in your hands to read and to, uh, to claim and to understand and to know it and, and then cry out to God when life is not aligning with it. And I've come to find out as I do that that God answers. The, the word Rapha here on your notes there means to heal as a sickness in the body. It means to mend as a garment is mended. It means to repair as a building is reconstructed or it means to cure as a diseased person is restored. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an all-encompassing word here. Jehovah, our healer, is much beyond just even physical healing. Jesus died to take away all the effects of sin in the garden. That's what he did. And, and somehow we easily, as believers, we seem to put stuff in boxes and we think, well, God's in this box and he's in this box and he wants to do this and he doesn't want to do this and he doesn't want to do that. And we just kind of box him up and maybe we don't box him up, but maybe we're boxing him out. Because when I don't experience something, I have to do something with that, right? When I'm not experiencing something as a believer that I've read in the will and testament of God for me, I have to now question that or ignore it, but most of the time we come up with an excuse or a reason why that's not happening. And I just wanna challenge some of those thoughts today in regards to, in particular, uh, but not limited to, in regards to healing. And I, and, and I just feel it's appropriate for the day that we're living in. We have to understand that before uh, Satan came in and tempted Adam and Eve, uh, there was no sickness in the garden. There were no weeds in the garden. Come on, that's the worth fighting for. In my house, anyway. And, and, uh, and none of that was there, but Satan comes in, he lies, and remember there were how many trees in the garden? How many? There was a whole lot. <laughs> but he mentioned two of them. There was a tree of life, and there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what one commandment they had of everything to do, it's amazing how we accomplish this. One thing that he says not to do, Satan tempts them to do. You see, if, if man would have not eaten from that tree but gone straight to the tree of life, he would have been sealed eternally and unable to sin. 
But he chose to disobey God, and that's why immediately what did God do? He runs them out of the garden. He puts angels with swords to guard it. Why? Because if they would have raced back in and gotten to the tree of life in their sinful nature, they would have been forever damned to hell. And so God in his mercy and his love stopped that. That's why you read about this tree of life that's down in the book of Revelation. Because it's still going to happen. But we're in a process now. We're on a journey now. We're, 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 we're being restored by God to this. And so we need to understand that, that none of these things were a problem before sin. And, and I want to say this. This is why maybe when you read the New Testament... Sometimes Jesus, when they asked for healing, he would do what? He would, he would forgive them for their sin. Wait a minute. I was asking for healing. Why is he doing that? Because there's a connection between sin and death and sickness. And, and, and so when we understand this, then we all of a sudden hope we broaden our understanding and say, wow, my salvation covers a lot more than just my health. Or it covers a lot more than just life insurance. But it covers my entire life, <clears throat> and he's doing so much through it. So let me just give you, uh, go through some questions and, and try to maybe help us to see a couple things here uh, that might help us because, again, if you've asked for something and you've seen something of the Word and you've asked for something and you've not received it, then I, uh, you, you have to do something with it, and you do do something with it, whether you would tell anybody you did it or not. I'm not going to tell anybody, well, I don't have faith for this anymore because I tried it and it didn't work. Well, Christians don't run around doing that, do they? No, we just keep quoting the scriptures that aren't working for us sometimes. And instead of really pressing in, I just want us to press in. I want you to lean in a little bit this morning. I feel like the Holy Spirit will speak directly to your heart this morning if you'll do this. And this is critical because it does have to do with whether there's a pandemic or not. It has to do with your healing. Come on, I believe for physical healing. Our God reigns. We just sang it. He still reigns, right? This is an awesome thing. So is, is healing in God's plan? That's something I need to know because if he didn't include it, then I shouldn't waste my time trying to get it. I should just keep trying to be a good Christian and share the gospel with people and move on. No, but that's not what he said. Let's read it. And we're familiar with these scriptures. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 to 6. Surely he's borne our griefs. He's carried away our sorrows. That's an emotional thing. He's come to deal with the emotional hurts that you have and have experienced. Surely he's carried, he bore those griefs and sorrows, yet esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but, it was, but he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And this is the, the scripture we quote all the time. And by his stripes we are healed. Wow, by his stripes I'm healed. That's a solid, complete statement. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. That's amazing. That's powerful. But I got to say, I got to read this and say, wait a minute. He says this. By his stripes I'm, stripes, stripes, I'm healed. Psalms chapter 1 and verse, or 103, verses 1 to 4. I love this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquities. How many? Some of you in this room this morning, you need to circle the word all. It wasn't part of them. It was all of them. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he wants to open this door for you. He forgives all your iniquity. And then what does he do? And he heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. God's after you. He's after the whole you. He doesn't want you to wait till you get to heaven to experience miracles and healings and all of that. Because that won't do any good. They're already going to be healed when you get there. You know what I mean? It's not going to be an issue. So why would all this be here? Because it's for now. Amen. It's for us now. And i got to understand, God, <laughs> healing is in God's plan. Amen. So let's pray. As we go through this, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I, I, you said it was powerful, sharper as a two-edged sword. And God, I pray this morning that you would just... Uh, Father, you would just open up the eyes of our understanding. God, I pray that there'd be strength to come to each one of us through this. Faith would increase. Believing would increase. In Jesus' name, healings would increase. Amen. Amen. Uh, Bob, can you turn down the, the heaters a little bit? How many are a little bit warm? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, some of you love it, but you were outnumbered. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> So healing is in his plan. Healing is, I won't have him turn on the AC. He's just going to turn off the heat. So fear not <clears throat> at this point. Uh, healing is definitely in God's plan for you. And that was part even of the cross. That was what Jesus paid the price for so that you could be healed. All right. So then the next question that I threw out to myself was, did Jesus heal? That would be important to know because he didn't, if he didn't do it, then what gives us the thought that we could do it? And we got to understand this. When Jesus walked on earth, he was 100% man. He was just relinquishing his rights to be 100% God. Because he never stopped being God, but he was living as 100% man. Why? So that you and I could trust him and believe him. And when he said something for you to do, you'd be able to do it. Because if all he did was only God and as God, then that would be different than me trying to do it as man. But that's not what he says. He came to be 100% man and 100% God. So did Jesus heal? Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 says, And then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing sickness and every disease among the people. So he went about teaching, preaching, and healing people. That was an everyday thing for him when he walked on earth, when he stepped into his ministry life. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. You might want to underline that. He anointed him with with uh, his Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by who? The devil. The devil. Why? For God, how? For God was with him. So God was with him. So he was walking with God. He was talking with God. And we'll see this in just a moment. He was walking with God. He knew God. He built a relationship with God. Yeah. Isn't that right? I mean, that's what it says. He even learned obedience through the things he suffered. So on his journey through life to save you and I, 
He becomes 100% man, relinquishing those rights and establishing his life with God the same way that he wants us to. And if we could get that, we would look at his life a whole lot closer and begin to say, Jesus, how did you do that? How do I do that? And let him begin to expound to you about that. So how did Jesus heal people? He did heal them. How did he do it? Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So God anointed him. God touched his life. He anointed him with his Holy Spirit and with his power. And that's how he was able to go out and do what he did. And so for us, I have to say, God, I want to be anointed by you. I want to experience your power. Luke chapter 4, verses 17 to 21. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, okay, so here's what he did. He went back into town. And whenever he went into town, he would go to the synagogues first. So basically, in this case, he was going back to where he went to Sunday school. And he's sitting there and he opens up the book of Isaiah and, 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 and all the, 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 the scribes and the Pharisees and the people were listening to him and looking at him. It says he opened up the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Listen to this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay. And, and, and now Jesus is reading this, but he's speaking about himself here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Anointed me. Remember I said earlier, he, he gave him an anointing with the Holy Spirit and with power. And now he's coming back and he's reading out of the Isaiah to show these people that he was referring to, both the religious and the unsaved at this point. He wanted to show them that what he was saying to them wasn't something that he just made up. This is something that was prophesied about him several hundred years earlier. So that it would register for them. Wow, that's right. Wait a minute. And, and, and again, when you're in these settings and you're reading the Bible and you're hearing the Bible preached and so forth, you should be getting revelation also. It should be kind of coming alive for you a little bit. Something should pop inside with your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that's in you. And you're going, oh, yeah, that's right. And see, this is what he was wanting to have happen here. So he opened the book, the, he opens to Isaiah, and now he's talking about himself. And it says, oh, I'm sure a lot of people did catch it. They thought, oh, wow, that's what's happening. <clears throat> because he has, appoint, he has anointed me, in other words, to furnish him with everything necessary that, that, that was for, uh, for him, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover the sight of the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Wow. I don't know about you, but I, I remember the day that I got saved. I was probably delivered from all that stuff. I mean, I needed it all. I was oppressed, depressed, compressed, everything. And, you know, and when God came upon me, I, I just, I'll never forget the day at the altar that I, at the age of 21, uh, that, that God just totally did all of those things to my life and turned me around. And set me free. And he's able to do that. And he's still able to do that. And every time I read that, I just remember, boy, that's right, God. That's what you do. You, you, you set at liberty those who are oppressed. Who's struggling with anxiety here today? You need to hear this. He releases you from that. He went to the cross, and one of the stripes that are on his back, one of the painful stripes that were on his back was for your deliverance from anxiety and oppression and depression. 
But see, we, 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 we're not turning to him. We're not knowing this. And so we run to other sources for that. And our culture does what? Feeds us a lot of other sources, doesn't it? Yeah. Acts chapter 4 and verse 7. And, and, and when they, speaking of the priests and scribes and Pharisees, had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this thing? Now, now I did this, I put this verse here, even though it was talking about the disciples and not Jesus, is because the scribes and Pharisees and the religious people were sitting there scratching their head and they're saying, what in the world? By what power are you guys doing what you're doing? We've been in religious school all of our life, and now we're, uh, we're scribes and Pharisees and priests and so forth, and we know none of this stuff. And we're just drawing a blank, and you guys are coming on the scene. You're turning the world upside down. You're preaching the gospel. You're laying hands on the sick, and they're being healed and recovered and restored and saved. And see, none of that was happening for them because they were religious. They were in a religious setting. And what was important to them is what they knew, not who they knew. And it's important for us to make sure it's not what we know, but it's who we know. And he says this, and, 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 and when they had set them in the midst, they asked them by what power. And I think we've, you probably know the word power there is the word dunamis. It's a, it was a supernatural power that they were seeing happening through the believers. It was a supernatural power that was happening through the believers. How many is a believer here? Okay, there's supernatural powers were happening through the believers that were noticeable by even the religious folks and the unsaved. And I think, God, what's missing in the church today? Isn't it the signs and wonders that we're supposed to follow those that believe? See, it really is, isn't it? I mean, that's always been Jesus' earmark. When he walked on earth, his greatest tool for evangelism was the supernatural. He wasn't trying to make, make man look great. He was, my God reigns. And he was proclaiming everything about the Heavenly Father. And it was actually happening. And he wants that to happen to us. And we know Acts 1.8. But he received power. Dunamis, same word. When, when the Holy Spirit came upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. In other words, you're going to witness him on earth, and God's a miraculous God. He heals, right? Yeah. We already read that. We already read that he healed. We already read that Jesus heals, and now he's coming down to us. He said, I want you to experience this too, and I, and, and I think that, this, that God wants to highlight this fact. Now, is healing for today? I only bring this question up because there's a whole theology out there there's a whole stream of christian thinking and i, I want to just add to this wrong christian thinking that somehow miracles and stuff are no longer for today they were for back then when the disciples really needed it how many feel like you really need some of this supernatural Amen. I, i'm living today and i say i need it i need it and and, and so and there's really no scriptures to substantiate Jesus never said, okay, when the last apostle dies in 90 AD, John on the Isle of Patmos, no more miracles. It is not there. Just, you can't find that. There's nowhere that he even indicates that somehow his power is supposed to stop at some point. And I only say that because some, some things need to be broken down. It's almost like sometimes, and, and I'll just be, can I just be bold with you a little bit here? It's sometimes, it's like if you were baptized as an infant, 
that somehow I don't need to be water baptized by immersion when I'm at an understanding age because I was baptized when I was an infant. Can I just say that's just not true. If you want to experience the, 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 the benefits of water baptism, you have to do it the biblical way. Can I get an amen out of that? Okay, but see, we get these little things that happen in our mind from, from even from Christian circles that we have to come back and just search the word. And that's all I'm doing with you this morning. I want to show you in the word, uh, they still happen today. Amen. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, we read that uh, already. John 16 and verse 7 on your notes. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. You remember the, the setting for this. We've talked about it a lot lately. For if I do not go away... The helper, the one who's going to help do all of this, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the same spirit that dwelt in him, that, that he utilized to see signs, wonders, and miracles, which the Holy Spirit is the power of God. That same spirit, when he goes, he's going to come now and send it back to you, which means then you can do the same thing. Can I get an Amen. That's exactly what that means. It's, this is what you, when the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken you. It will touch your life. And, and I, I just need to hear this and say, God, that's right. I'm not experiencing it. How can I experience John 16 and verse 13? However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will do what? He'll guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Well, we need a lot more of that. How did Jesus perform miracles on your notes there? John chapter 5, verse 19 through 20. And then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son, speaking of himself, Jesus, the Son, Jesus can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. And whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works. So how did the Son, Jesus, when he walked on earth, how did he do what he did? He knew what the Father was doing, and he was able to do it on earth. And I don't know that it was necessarily that he was up there looking at a video going on, but I think that in his thoughts and in his spirit, he was hearing the Father say what he wanted done. You know how you say, you know, I, I see a picture in my mind. You know, you don't see a picture, but you know that it's in your mind. It's rolling through your what? Your thoughts, your imagination. And so he's saying, man, I see, I see God's heart for this situation that I'm facing right now. And now that's what I'm doing. John 8, 31. And then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me. I speak these things. Do you get the closeness there? When Jesus walked on earth, everybody wasn't healed, but everybody that he prayed for was. Everything that he did was. Everything happened. But what's he uh, ascribing this to? This relationship with the Father. The Father was in his thoughts. The Father was in his imagination. The Father was in his heart. The Father was in his nighttime. The Father was everywhere around him. He was consumed with the Father and knew exactly what he wanted him to do. And out of that, he did what he did. What was he doing? He was modeling something for you and I. Amen. How's your imagination with God? 
come on, sometimes it's going to have to be pretty big because he'll ask you to do some pretty crazy things that really do happen. They're beyond your own strength and your own understanding. But you let him speak into your imagination, into your heart, and into your mind. So often, God tries to speak to people, and they reject it as, oh, it's just what? My thoughts. Has anybody ever thought that? Has anybody thought that? Come on, as a believer, I've thought that. You know, just crazy thought comes. Wow, that must be me. Can I just say it might not have been? Unless it was something evil and wicked and wrong. Might not have been. And you might have been pushing his voice away over and over and over. And then you're standing here today. I can't hear God. Well, he's been speaking to you. He's been speaking to you. He's been speaking to you, but you haven't allowed it to come in to your thoughts. And this is what Jesus is saying right here. I only do what I see the Father do and what I hear him say. I'm walking in this kind of relationship. So what does salvation cover? What did your salvation cover? There's the word here for it. It's called sozo. So, it's sozo, I think, in the actual Hebrew and, or actual Greek. It's sozo, and, and it's the Greek word for salvation. Yet its root meaning goes beyond just forgiveness of sins. This is on your notes. According to the Strong's Concordance, sozo also carries the idea of being physically healed of diseases and to be delivered from your enemy in, a, in the spiritual sense that the enemy is the devil and his demons. And there's a root word here that comes with that, where it came out of is sotur. It means savior, deliverer, and preserver. See, God has everything in mind for you. He has the whole picture for you. When you get saved, it's not just... Oh, now you get to go to heaven. But he's got all of this for you. He's got this complete package for you. John says it this way. Beloved, I pray this for you, that you may prosper in what? How many things? All things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. So he's talking about your entire being. And, and, and I just want to say this, and I put this in there, because I think what we, some of us need to realize is salvation is for a lot more than just going to heaven, but it's actually to work in your life all of what God has in mind. Amen. Another question, do I have enough faith to be healed? Could you just write next to that, yes? Yeah. Let me just give you the answer. Come on, open book. You, yes, yes, yes. You have enough faith. Romans 12, 3 says this, For by grace, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with what? With the faith God has distributed to each one of you. And, and, and so he's given you enough faith for everything that you could possibly need. He didn't shortchange any of you. And, and so you have to believe that or you'll get into the type of thing, and I've heard it said before, uh, you know, oh, you don't have enough faith for that. I just want to cut that off at the root. Yeah. Yeah. Is there different kinds of faith? Yes. But please don't ever condemn somebody by saying, oh, you just didn't have faith. That's why it didn't happen. Luke 17, 19, and he said to them, arise and go your way because your faith has made you well. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 is very interesting. Uh, we don't have time to go into it, but for by, for by grace you've been saved. Wow, it puts grace there ahead of faith. For by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's just the gift of God. 
So what we have is a gift of God. I don't have to fight, beg, or steal it. Next question. What authority do I have? What authority do I have? I, I thought this was good in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, because that's important, because I think sometimes we act as if we have no authority, that we somehow have to beg God for something, when in reality, he says, I've already given you the authority for this. Yeah. You know, when he woke up on the boat and the, and, and, and the uh, disciples were all afraid because they were in the middle of the storm, you know, his address is, <laughs> oh, you have little faith. I gave you the faith already. I've given you everything you needed. So, so he's given us this authority, uh, and we need to understand that. Luke chapter 9. Then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them what? Power and authority over who? The devils. And to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to do what? Heal the sick. Acts chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. And then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. See, he just said walk. Didn't pray that he could walk. He just said walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became, ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet, and he began to walk. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it's all here. It's gotten here. The kingdom of God is not still coming. It's gotten here. It's at hand. It's right. It's, it's at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. Raise the dead. Cast out the devils. <laughs> this is his command to us. And I tell you, we just have to step back into an understanding that God has given us an authority over the works of the enemy. Over sickness, over depression, over anxiety, over challenges that I might face in life. Any challenge that I face in life, I have an authority over those. I, I, I just have an authority. In some cases, I don't even have to ask God about it because I already have his word on it. He already told me this. Right? Come on. He already told me that I have this authority. I'm giving you this power to do these things. And, and, and an approach needs to change to where we're approaching life the same way that Jesus did. But you got to remember. Remember, he walked with God and he talked with God and I don't know the rest of that song but he walked with me and he talked with me whatever the rest of that he walked with God and talked with God he knew God and he saw what was God was doing and he heard it and the apostle Paul said I don't know if I was in heaven or on earth but I heard this thing and he, he said, all this happened and he understood it because he walked with God and he began to cry out to God they were not satisfied with less Final thoughts on healing. Things that I have learned over the years. Number one, we need to take care of our bodies. Amen. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. But just don't put your trust in it. I've known people much stronger than myself die of sickness. Come on. And most people that put so much focus on their own bodies, to me, usually look pretty bad anyway. I can't say much, okay? 
But you know what I mean? Take care of your bodies. It's just, God gave us good sense for that, but let's just not put our trust in that. The second thing is that God desires you to be whole and well. God desires you to be whole and well. We read that, and maybe some of you need to put that on your bathroom mirror. I would that you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. He addresses every part of your being, body, soul, and spirit. That's what you're made up of. The third thing is God paid the ultimate price for you to be saved or sozoed. In other words, you're a whole complete deal. He doesn't leave anything out. Now, does that mean you don't have to fight for some things? Yes, you do, because it's not because God's weak or powerless or doesn't want to. There's something else at stake. There's something else. There's another issue going on. Number four, the Bible, old and new, demonstrates God desires to heal. His name is Jehovah Rapha. Remember, we said that was a relationship name. Number five, our faith makes a difference. Our faith makes a difference. And I've given you about five scriptures here because I think it's important for me to know this. God can heal you with a, or, or do anything for you with little faith or great faith. Right. And he has demonstrated that. But does he want your faith to grow? Absolutely. Paul said, man, when I was a child, I acted like a child. But as I grew up, I had to grow up. That's why I have often seen people that just get saved step into more miracles and leading more people to Christ than what people that have been saved 20 years do. Because somehow in the course of the journey, we've filled our backpacks with all these either religious lies or self-defeat or just deciding that we're going to compromise and give up on what God's calling us to do. We're just kind of just going to settle back. I don't, that's just too much for me. Remember the rich man? He said, man, you did all these things. What are you going to he said, Jesus knew that he needed to target maybe the most important thing of that person's life. He says, take all of what you have and sell it and give it uh, to, the, to the people. And he walked away sad. And so sometimes I just, I'm settled on something. I'm hanging on to something that God knows will ultimately probably destroy me if I keep it. It's just that, you know, Satan's patient. Sometimes he just lets us live with things and then all of a sudden, He's like a snare. He comes and snares you with it. And you think you're doing fine. And you think you're doing okay. But yet you kind of know somewhere along the line that that's not what you should be doing. And he comes along and, and, and he tries to help us with that. So I believe that the faith of a mustard seed, which is pretty small, is all you have to have. How many can say that's a biblical amen? If you have faith of a mustard seed. He didn't say if you had faith of Paul. He didn't say if you had the faith of Jesus. He, he lowered it to a mustard seed. So it's not a matter that I don't have faith, although that can be the case, and those are scriptures for you to read. And maybe just to say, Lord, help me to understand this, because God does want us, I'm not saying he doesn't want us to grow in faith. The one verse, Matthew 21, 21, and Jesus answered and said to them, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt. So I could be doubting. Six, some people do die in faith. You realize that? Some people do die in faith. One of, one of my mentors who I would say watching his life and seeing his life and seeing what he's done was probably one of the greatest men of faith that I've ever personally known close. Wendell Smith. 
you know, Judah Smith, it was his father. He died of cancer. But you know what? He fought a good fight of faith all the way through it and dare me to even think that he wasn't a person of faith. If you read Hebrews 11.39, and I'm just, I, I'm just throwing this out because it's just thoughts that were on my heart as, you know, I prayed for people and they have died. And you may have prayed for things and they haven't happened yet. But we're not to be discouraged because in the great chapter of faith, he finalized it was talking about these people that were sawn asunder and all this. And this is what he said. And all these, 1139, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. So do I understand it all? No. Do I get it all? No. I don't get it all. I think there's some mysteries out there. But I like to see all of my prayers answered? Yes. Do I think that we can grow into a greater prayer life and greater answered prayers? Absolutely. As that's the will of God. That's the will of God. So let me just share my summary with you. This is not on your notes. I just want you to maybe... Close your notes for a moment and just listen to these if you would. I was just going to wrap up with this. And, uh, it's kind of my summary after going through all this. I know I should always pray and to not doubt or faint. John Wimber, a great man of faith and prayer, I think in the 70s, said, my responsibility, it's my responsibility to pray. It's God's responsibility to heal. So I speak these words. And I know this. I know that there are different levels of faith. The Bible talks about great faith and little faith. And it even talks about growing faith. And that I should continually grow my faith through reading the word and heeding the word and testing the word. Another summary I've come to is that I know that by his stripes, I am healed. And so when I'm petitioning God, I'm petitioning on something that's right and legally mine. That's healing. I know that I can trust him. I know that I can trust him. And I also know this, that his name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to stir up our hearts and faith again toward healing. I think it's not just a, a magic genie formula thing. I, I think sometimes, and what I feel the Holy Spirit has spoken to me is, you just need to pray often for divine health and strength. Just pray for it often. Just, just pray for it often and read scriptures on it often and, and allow the word of God, you know, they used to say way back, you know, the gospels, you know, the, the gospels, there's, there's, there's healing in the word. And that if I begin to apply it to my life and I look up those scriptures, guess what? If I'm weak in my faith in that area, God can strengthen my faith in that area. And I can walk but I think Jesus walked in divine health. Come on. So stand to your feet if you would. Here's what I want to do. I want to, I wasn't sure what to do here, but I believe this is it. I want you to consider your own health right now, where you're at, and 
just to lay hands on yourself this morning. As you remember, I, I don't know if I read it or not. I had it in my notes. It's in your notes. It says, your faith has made you whole. <laughs> so you have enough faith to do this thing. And I want to ignite something inside of you that opens up a hunger to, for health and, and, and divine health. Because remember, they walked through the wilderness for 40 years in divine health. It says even their clothes didn't wear out. So if you just maybe put, put your hands on your body where you might just say, God, I just need this to be healed. Whether it's asthma, you know, maybe it's anxiety, uh, maybe it's emotional distress. Maybe it's uh, diabetes, maybe it's a uh, heart condition, maybe it's blood pressure, uh, you know, because uh, again, I, I think we, we, we've kind of fallen prey and I'm not, I'm not down on medicine that, you know, Jesus at one point said, you know, for, you know, do this spiritually, but take a little wine for your stomach ache, you know, and, 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 and so I'm not like I'm running down medication, but what I'm doing in my life is to say, God, I'm going to resist that as much as within me. And I'm going to believe you, but that means I got to put on the gospel, right? I got to take on the message for what I need and not just be apathetic about it. And so let's just pray right now. Let's just ask God to do something miraculous. Again, maybe it's just your emotions. Maybe it's your spiritual, you know, I don't know what to do spiritually. I don't get this stuff. He wants to touch you this morning. <laughs> I'm so excited about what's going to happen. I really am. Let's, let's just pray. Right? Father, thank you that the power of the Holy Spirit, after hearing your word, is going to begin to stir something up inside of each one of us. Father, we do believe that you went to the cross and that by your strife, we were completely healed, body, soul, and spirit. That's clearly what your word says. And God, in the areas where we're not walking in that, I, I pray that you would heal those areas you would mend those areas you said you even took care of the brokenhearted you would even take care of the brokenhearted god you see every last person in this room you you, you care about every last person and every little thing that would rob them of the righteousness peace and joy of the holy spirit and of the kingdom of god so god this morning we're coming to you as your sons and daughters and we're saying touch us physically touch us spiritually and touch us emotionally and i thank you god for that i just pray god that even as your word says that signs and wonders would follow as we believe and we believe today in you and you alone in jesus name and all god's believers said amen, amen.